Hello, everybody. Hello. This is Gerald Salenti, and it's Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. And you know what Wednesday is, Salenti and the judge. And we have with us today Judge Andrew Napolitano, America's number one legal authority when it comes to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, our rights, and how we're losing them. And a man that's been on the inside and on the outside to know what's going on. Judge, thanks for being on today. And you just have a, a really a very powerful article here that you wrote about um, Trump and what's going on with the Department of Justice. But I'd like to just read the, the lead into this. Former President Donald Trump will soon be indicted by a federal grand jury. He's the victim of a federal government that knows no bounds and has assumed powers nowhere granted in the Constitution by the sheer force of its own will. This is America? Well, this is the America that uh, the current generations of living Americans have come to accept. Obviously, this happened gradually, but it's going at a very, very rapid pace. So the government, which has created all kinds of monstrosities that are nowhere authorized by the Constitution, like the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the DEA, the BATF, you know, these are all these acronym lettered law enforcement and intelligence community, intelligence in quotes community, uh, that the federal government has uh, created, uh, which is now going for Donald Trump's jugular, as they did almost from the day when he was elected. Now, having said that, I, I must acknowledge he is in hot water legally. And the uh, stuff that I'm hearing is that the feds made a preliminary decision to seek an indictment of him even before they conducted the uh, execution of the search warrant at his home. The uh, execution of the search warrant at his home, which was based on a tip by somebody that worked for him, either an undercover FBI agent or somebody legitimately on his payroll who saw what was in there, told the FBI that notwithstanding a letter the FBI had received from one of Trump's lawyers saying everything you subpoenaed is, is now in your hands, that the letter was a material misrepresentation and that, in fact, there were top secret documents uh, in his safe. When Trump said, don't worry about it, I declassified it, that is one of the worst things he could say. You don't deny something before you're accused because by saying he declassified it, what is he doing? He's admitting he had it. And the crime is not possessing a, a classified document, the, the crime he's about to be accused of, the crime is possessing a national security secret. He can take the classification off it. He can't take the secrecy uh, out of it. What was he doing with that stuff? I can't defend his behavior, but nor can I defend the monstrosity uh, of the government that has gone after him. So he, he was the head of this government for four years. And in those four years, he did battle with the security state, basically FBI, CIA, and other three-letter acronym entities every day. They tried to impeach him twice. They tried to get him indicted with the Bob Mueller 
uh, investigation. All of this made his life miserable and he triumphed over all of it. Why he gave them an opening by taking from the White House with him top secret SCI. SCI means it can only be viewed in a secure federal government um, facility where nobody can surveil it and Wi-Fi doesn't work and you can't take pictures, all that kind of secrecy stuff. Why he would take that with him and give his, with him and give his enemies an opening, only he knows. I mean, what could this stump, you know, that's the other thing. What's secrecy? Why is there all this secrecy? Okay, so yeah, then- we, the people of the United States, have no damn right to know anything. And by the way, you left an accurate, what do you call them, the CIA, the FBI, the, the, uh, the NSA, the DIA. How about the FUC, you know? <laughs> that's all they're doing. That's yes. all they are. I don't believe in government secrecy. Since the government, and I think you probably agree with me, since the government works for us, yeah. we're entitled to know what the government knows. But think about what Trump is being charged with. Having pieces of paper locked in a safe. Now, if, if crime is defined as harm, harm intentionally caused and proscribed by law or by nature, who the hell was harmed by what Trump did? I'll tell you who was harmed. The egos, the bruised egos of the national security state. The public wasn't harmed. The country wasn't harmed. Just the egos of those that have been after him for five years. And that's the whole club is an ego trip. I mean, he's the leader of egos. Yes. Yes. You and, can't, and that's, you can't all that's all the government is. People don't understand this. These politicians are a bunch of egotistic little lowlives. They could give a damn about us. And going back to secrecy, oh, oh, you mean the lies that they told us, that they have the facts about the lies, those secrets? I mean, what secrets? What, what the hell secrets are they holding? Well, secrets are whatever they say is secret, which, of course, is absurd because, <clears throat> excuse me, they can classify they can classify anything they want and it automatically becomes a crime for someone to possess it who's not within their circle. And, you know, you talk about egos. You know, this Cheney, Megan Cheney lost and she may run for president. A little daddy's girl. She'd be nobody if daddy and I have to be proper. I can't call him Dick Cheney. I have to call him Penis Cheney because we don't want to get... You know, we, I don't want to, you know, curse at him and call him a Dick Cheney for lying us into war, a low-life piece of scum crap. She loses the election, you know, the, the runoff. I may run for president. Wow. I didn't, I didn't hear her say that. Egos. I'm just making the point of the egos of right. these low-life pieces of scum that are running and ruining our lives. We have a government that created, what'd you say, monstrosities? Yes. The CIA, the FBI, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. They're, they're actually worse than the FBI uh, in terms of the force uh, that they use and the stealth that they use. The NSA, all these acronym three and four letter entities. I know you want to add FUC. Uh, the, the, they're, 
They're monstrosities. They're not authorized by the Constitution. They take the law into their own hands. Well, look, look at the CIA. I mean, Mike Pompeo, who's in the same category as Dick Cheney, a former CIA agent, and Trump made him the head of the CIA, boasted about how they lied and stole and got away with. The one thing he didn't admit that we know they do is killing. They lie, they cheat, they steal, they kill, and they are trained to do this. And they are told that because they work directly for the president, they'll never be prosecuted for it. And not a single one of them since 1947, when Harry Truman started the CIA, one of the worst events in modern history, has a single one of them been prosecuted for murder. Now they openly admit their killings. They openly admit that they killed Zawahiri a few weeks ago, uh, that they killed General Soleimani under Trump. Trump did the same thing Biden did, used drones to kill a general who was not an enemy, who was not harming us, who was peacefully uh, engaged in, in going to lunch, who, according to our colleague, Phil Giraldi, was one of the generals in the Iranian Revolutionary Guards who was against war and against violence and in favor of peace. That's the guy Trump killed. The CIA did this, and now they boast about it. Giraldi, God bless him, is also the only, uh, has also pointed out the U.S. and Israel are the only countries that engage in these extraterritorial killings. The Israelis are smart enough to deny it. The U.S. is the only one that admits it and boasts about it. And who always does it? The CIA. And why does the president use the CIA? Because of the War Powers Act. Because if he was going to use the military, he'd have to report to Congress. But when he uses the CIA to kill, he doesn't have to report to Congress. He can do it secretly and then boast about it afterwards. What's no the one War is Powers Act? Say again? What is the War Powers Act? And when was that? That is a, a statute enacted over President Nixon's veto in 1973. Uh, it was it was uh, it came about after Nixon invaded uh, Cambodia, which allows the president to use the military for emergency means, but requires him to report it to Congress. So if he was going to use the military to kill Soleimani, Trump, or if Biden was going to use the military to kill uh, al-Sawahiri, he would have to report it to Congress. Uh, if he's going to use the CIA, he doesn't have to report it to anybody. That's that's why you and I have talked about this many times. You have a great monologue on this. When Obama destroyed, Obama and Hillary destroyed Libya, they did it with the CIA so that Obama would not have to report it to Congress. CIA is an army and it's a law unto itself, subject to the whim of the president. It's, it's like the president has a private secret army. It's called the CIA. Wow. And again, what have they done so great since 1947 to help us? What have they done? What, what, tell me one great accomplishment of the CIA, how they have I, helped America. I can't think more. of one. They, they were asleep at the switch on 9-11. Uh, they have overthrown uh, governments of countries that weren't uh, friendly uh, to the United States. They've engaged in uh, assassinations. They were probably involved in, in Kennedy's assassination. It's, it's hard to find something that they did well. If you ask them, 
they would say, what we've done well, we can't tell you. Here yeah, we go right. again with transparency yeah. because yeah. it's all below the surface. Yeah. You know, we reported to the president secrets that he needed to know. That's yeah. probably what their answer would be yeah. if you were to ask them. You mean, in other words, they bullshit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is just terrible. You also mentioned in here, again, about the loss of our rights and how bad it's become. So how many laws have the feds broken? Ha. No one knows how many criminal laws Congress has enacted. Estimates range from 4,400 to 5,500. How can this be? For starters, members of both Congress of, of Congress in both parties rarely, if ever, read the legislation they enact. House members were given 15 minutes to read a 132-page Patriot Act, which passed overwhelmingly. Patriot Act. How about that for an Orwellian name? Yes. Yeah, a lot of the government's uh, names... The thing they named actually means the opposite of what they know. Patriot Act is the most unpatriotic, un-American piece of legislation since the Alien and Sedition Acts in 1798. Uh, but to think that the Republican leadership of the House, since George W. Bush era now, gave members of Congress 15 minutes to read 132 uh, pages. Ron Paul protested vehemently they gave him like a minute on the floor of the house to protest about 40 or 50 members of congress for that reason alone voted against it the rest of them voted in favor of it what does it do it uh gets rid of the warrant requirement under the fourth amendment It'll, instead of going to a judge and in, in a, an emergency one fbi agent can go to another fbi agent and get a search warrant do you really think that the fbi is going to deny its own authority to search it's absurd but this is what uh, Bush and Cheney talked the Republican Congress into doing uh, in the aftermath of 9-11. The date is October 15, 2001. So it's just a month after 9-11 that this monstrosity passed. And of course, it's still with us 20 years later. You know, you're right at the end over here about Trump. And um, after four years as president, after four years as president fighting the security state, Trump should know that the federal government is a monster that can only be tamed occasionally by a fair jury or permanently when it collapses of its own weight. The latter will happen sooner rather than later. What do you mean? Well, occasionally, occasionally a fair jury, like in the in the uh, in the Michigan uh, case where the feds set up people uh, to pretend that they were threatening the governor of Michigan, a jury saw right through it and found them all not guilty. So occasionally a fair jury will stop the federal government in terms of collapsing of its own weight. Gerald, they can't just keep borrowing, spending and borrowing, spending at some point. They won't be able to pay their bills. Nobody will lend them money. They can print all they want. It'll be worthless. They won't be able to pay salaries. People will stop working for it. This is what happened to the Soviet Union. It'll happen to the federal government. And the country will break off, in my view, into separate republics. Unfortunately, where you and I live will be a totalitarian republic, but we could go to New Hampshire 
or we go to Pennsylvania, uh, where there will be less totalitarianism and more uh, personal freedom. This, I mean, I say you know, this in a matter-of-fact way. I, if we had said this 10 years ago, people would say, you know, you're out there. You're with the conspiracy theorists. This is logical, rational, accepted, mainstream argument today. Um, what both parties are doing to the federal government, borrowing, spending, borrowing, and spending, uh, Ron Paul has argued very articulately, it can't last. At some point, it bursts. The reason that the Soviet Union fell is because they couldn't pay their bills. They couldn't pay the salaries of the cops and the military and the KGB that were working for them. You know, you, you mentioned here about the, um, what they're using to get Trump, <laughs> the Espionage Act, and how they got um, Snowden on that as well. The... Um, Espionage Act of 1917. What happened in 1917 that they came out with this Espionage Act? That's just before America got into, it was American World War I by then, right? It was just at the beginning of World War I. It was written, crafted, and promoted by the former professor of constitutional law at Princeton University, former president of Princeton, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, it enabled him to arrest uh, dissidents. Norman Thomas, his fellow Princetonian, was put in jail during World War I because they didn't like his anti-war speeches under the Patriot, under the, uh, there, there's a Freudian slip, under the Espionage Act. Woodrow Wilson, the former president of Princeton, arrested Princeton students. Guess what they were doing under the Patriot, uh, under the uh, Espionage Act. They were reading the Declaration of Independence aloud outside of draft offices. That's brilliant. They were arrested. They weren't charged. They weren't prosecuted. They were just kept in jail for the duration of World War I. That's oh what a monstrosity god. this thing is. Oh, my God. That's and why also, Rand, Paul just two day, Rand Paul just two days ago said he's introducing legislation to repeal it. And didn't they, they, didn't they arrest uh, Eugene uh, Debs as well? Yes, they did. Yeah, Debs, Debs may have died in jail over his anti-war speeches. Uh, Wilson had a, a vicious attorney general named A. Mitchell Palmer. You may remember the Palmer raids. Palmer taught all of his vicious techniques to a very young, brand new, right out of college a federal agent and assistant of his, J. Edgar Hoover. Uh. This stuff is just one link in a chain after another. I'm surprised the Patriot Act still exists. And quite frankly, it's been upheld, or keeps missing the two. I'm surprised the Espionage Act still exists. It's been upheld by the Supreme Court four or five times but I don't think it would be upheld today. The court's attitude about freedom of speech and dissent is a lot more open today, but the statute is still there. It's the statute under which they indicted Assange. It's the statute under which they indicted uh, Snowden. It's the statute under which th a Trump threatened, absurdly, to have Snowden executed. And it's the stat statute under which they're about to indict Trump himself. What's happened to this country is so sad. It's heartbreaking for me to yes. see this. And um, again, you know, that 
the facts that you're talking about, you know, that we write about in the Trends Journal, you know, this stuff doesn't make the news. It's, it's not in there at all. All it is is the headlines of hate. And uh, if we, I'll tell you, the way I see it, we have to have a new third party. We, this, this is, it, you, you, keep, you went back from 1917 and talking about how, you know, then Hoover came in and then we got then and Truman, the CIA, one after another. I mean, right. it's, a, it's a criminal group that people call politics. It's a crime syndicate. Yes. They rob our money. They steal it. They give it to too big to fails. They, they go to war all the time. There's no talking about peace. And, you know, we, we, need a new, we need a new way. And I believe that nobody can lead the way better than you, Judge. Well, you're, you're kind of saying that, but we do need a new way. We need a small government party. We need a, uh, we need uh, a government that will get rid of these three-letter uh, acronyms and will shrink the federal government down, as Jefferson said, to the chains by which the Constitution holds it down. You know, the Constitution... Talk about 5,500 federal criminal laws. You know how many are authorized by the Constitution? Two. Two. Treason and debasing the money supply. Everything else, Congress gave this authority to itself. Everything else, Madison intended to be addressed by the states, not by the federal government. It was an ability and a means for the states to check the growth of the federal government that they couldn't write their own criminal laws except in those two areas. They had to rely on the states. Instead, the feds, again, going back, actually, this goes back to uh, the war between the states, that era, uh, the feds just kept stealing power from the states and creating power out of thin air, and the public accepted it. That's so with, with, the, with the Civil War, is that when it really began? began in the with Lincoln's tyranny during the war and the big government Republicans thereafter. All of that led to uh, Woodrow Wilson. That led to FDR. That led, led to the CIA. And the rest has been one long march of big government. The only president who has attempted to thwart big government is Trump. But he did it in such a flawed way that much of the government actually grew under Trump even though he publicly resisted and was loathed by the security state, the, the deep state, which is now going after him again. You also mentioned CIA in referring to JFK's assassination. Well, our uh, libertarian colleague, Jake Hornberger of the three uh, Fs, Future Freedom Foundation in Arlington, uh, Virginia, is the foremost authority. He's written about a thousand pages on this. He demonstrates conclusively uh, that the intelligence community uh, and the CIA was involved in the assassination of Trump. Our friend Roger Stone, Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy, sorry, God, God forgive me. Um, our friend Roger Stone, who believes that LBJ orchestrated this, also has demonstrated in his book the involvement uh, of the uh, intelligence community in the assassination of JFK. I don't think this stuff is seriously doubted today because everybody that, that pulled the trigger, so to speak, uh, is no longer around. They're either they're not in government and most of them are no longer living. Why would you think the CIA wanted them out? 
because he threatened in private, but because they knew what he said in private, they heard he threatened to smish them uh, into a thousand pieces because of their um, Bay of Pigs and their killing of foreign uh, nationals and the uh, revolutions they fomented. They had just finished fomenting a revolution in Iran, throwing out a popularly uh, elected uh, leader, President Mossadegh, uh, in favor of the Shah, who of course was very pro-Western, but a disaster for human uh, liberty and even for the economy. Uh, but he was the CIA's boy and Kennedy knew it. It happened under Eisenhower and Kennedy condemned it. If JFK were in the White House today, he'd be like Ron Paul. <laughs> you know, I, I have a photograph of me and John Connolly. John Connolly was the governor of Texas that was sitting in front of Kennedy when he got assassinated and took the bullet in the back. And Connolly, I have a photograph of me, him, and his wife standing in front of the book depository. Well, that, that is a unique photograph. The book depository from which the government alleges Lee Harvey Oswald filed, fired the fatal shot. Right. Even though we know, of course, from the autopsy that the fatal shot could only have been fired from the front. And Lee Harvey Oswald, if, if he fired it as the government says he did, could only have fired from behind. So Connolly, as we're walking, he wanted to meet me because I had written this book, Trend Tracking, far better than Megatrends, Time Magazine, in 1989, and I had forecast a new third party and someone like Ross Perot. This is two weeks before the election in 92. As we're walking back into the Anatole Hotel, Connolly looks at me and says, again, I was with Connolly, his wife, that, that's the picture of me, him, and his wife. Their first time back since the assassination, by the way. And he said to me, I read your book. He said, it's a fine piece of work. And he said, I know your heart's in the right place. But you don't have a clue what's going on. And neither do the American people. Because if they did, there'd be a revolution in this country. You know, uh, when um, Spiro Agnew... Uh, was indicted and pleaded no no low contender and was convicted and Nixon chose Gerald Ford to replace him. He came that close to picking John Connolly. John Connolly mm -hmm. was also the Treasury Secretary under Nixon. Yes. And remember, he was yeah. a Democratic governor. Yes. When he got shot, he was a Republican. He, he worked for the Republic. This is also the Connolly when the United States went off the gold standard. So this is a guy who knows anything to do about it. Yeah. I don't know if that was done over his objection or with his consent. I don't know what his economic views were, but he yeah. knew he knew the monstrosity of government and how it would only continue to grow. And that's it. The monstrosity of government continues to grow. Thank you very much, Judge. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please spread the word of what the judge is saying and what we're doing. And of course, you know, for more information, you look at the Trends Journal, a new edition just came out yesterday, a great cover, by the way, another that really says where we are and, and what's going on. Swallow the bullshit, follow our orders.
And that's what this your, uh, your graphic artist is truly first rate, Gerald. Yep, Anthony Frieda, great guy, and his heart, you know, is in his art, and and our heart or in our words and deeds. Thank you again, Judge. We'll Thank you, Gerald. All the best. Bye bye.